Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mythos Unit with Listen to These Nerds. My name is Chris, and as usual, I'm going to be running the game for tonight. Starting at the top of the chat channel and going downwards for our players, we have... Uh, hello, my name is Harry, and I'll be playing the role of Flan <laughs> Franklin Blackmore. We've already made the Franklin joke. We can't keep making it every time. Classic Franklin. <laughs> Hi, I'm Joe. I'm going to be playing uh, Quincy Adams. Hi, I'm John. I'm going to be playing Antonios Tony Megalos. And I'm Jonathan, and I'll be playing Adam Lavender. Awesome. Okay. So, last we left off, you guys entered into the compound of the McCarthy family in style, ready to liberate all the myths that they've been keeping captive and saving John, Quincy's young ward. So, basically, after breaking in, you guys uh, fought a very frantic combat round in which you dealt with uh, Elizabeth Chambers, also known as Elizabeth McCarthy, uh, subduing her before freeing a couple of myths that were under control of Imperious Rex, including Spring Meadow, the Dryad who had gone missing, and Boris, the vampire who was one of Sophie's best friends and who she had been fighting to basically find and rescue for uh, the last while. So with that, your team divided itself up with Connor, Thalestra, and... Uh, Jack Houston all staying behind to wait for backup and to secure all of the people who had been subdued so far, while you four, plus Sophie, Boris, and Spring Meadow descended further into the compound for the sake of finding Imperious Rex and whoever else might be down there to put a stop to this once and for all and to rescue John. So that is where we will pick up once again as you guys are continuing further in. And as you go through the hallways, you actually uh, hear the sounds of, like, it's sort of like these bubbling noises from up ahead and this ripe smell of chemicals that is just almost overpowering to the nose. Like, it is just this smell of bleach and disinfectants and battery acid and who knows what else, but it just smells absolutely huge. Okay. Uh, so keep going being on, like, has any one of us been in policing long enough to basically know what the smell of a drug lab smells like? I will say that um, for anybody who has been long enough, um, I will say that uh, Quincy Blackmore, you definitely have. It is up to uh, you, Adam, if you also recognize this kind of smell. Uh, yeah, and I think it's been established that Adam used to work in a narcotics unit. Yes. Okay. Yes, you know the smell absolutely. Um, Tony, uh, yeah, this is completely unfamiliar to you. Yeah, Spring Meadow and Boris and Sophie all basically have a look of sheer disgust on their face. And Sophie's actually brought her shirt up to, uh, cover her nose. I mean, I'm sure Tony's probably seen, like, an alchemist lab or something similar, so not too yeah, far. Yeah, but at the same time, this is kind of maybe like an alchemist lab, but, uh, there's just something wrong about this. All right. Um, I don't see anything, right? We just smell it so far? You guys smell it even as you're coming down the hallway. All right. Well, we're, we're going to continue. Yeah. As we're doing this, uh, I'm going to jump back onto the radio and try and get in contact with Houston. Uh-huh. Uh, um, so, yeah. Yes. Houston, come in. And so, hey, Blackmore, how's it going? Good. Well, this seems to be the center of some sort of distribution ring that the McCarthys were using. Which means that we've probably got only a limited amount of time before McCarthy's boys realize that they're being had. What you're uh, saying is we don't exactly have much time. Yes. We're also and, going to have a bit of a problem getting in and out. We'll right. continue further in and see if McCarthy's here or something that we can use as leverage to make sure they don't box us in. In the meantime, take Thalestra and Connor and start making some sort of perimeter. They're bound to be back eventually. All right. We'll keep our eyes open. And, um... Suddenly, uh, Blackmore, you feel a tug on your elbow, and Spring Meadow is looking up at you with the widest eyes possible. Is that Jack? Is that Jack Houston? M may I talk to him? And then you just hear, wait! Uh, Spring Meadow! Spring Meadow, is that you? I unclip the radio off of, like, my lapel, and I hand it to Spring Meadow. And oh. I basically go, like, 
push this button to talk, but you gotta let it go to hear the person on the other line. Okay, and she hangs back for a little bit and begins frantically uh, talking into the radio. I presume everybody here is gonna give her a little bit of privacy as she does so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll keep moving forward. Okay, so she hangs back at the rear of the group talking into the radio in hushed tones, but you can hear Jack on the other end, even from your distance. It sounds like he's practically like screaming into the radio. He is so relieved to hear her voice. But anyway, as you continue forward, there is a door up ahead. And yeah, as you guys enter, sure enough, this does seem like a full-on drug lab with um, basically enormous uh, sort of boilers and vats and all different kinds of equipment and stuff like that. That Like, this looks like a scene straight out of Breaking Bad or some other sort of, you know, criminal elements drug uh, distributing show. And looking around, you see tables covered in all different kinds of materials. Like, there are plants and mushrooms and various things of all different shades and colors, but you also see, like, charms and talismans as well, um, crystals and minerals of all different kinds of colors being ground up into powders and things. And over on one table, you actually see it looks almost like a butcher's block, and it is covered in dried blood with um, meat cleavers and, like, butcher's hooks and other things uh, set off to one side. (sighs) Blackmore is going to look around. Does it look like there's any sort of, like, table with the uh, finished product on it, or does it seem to go Um, on? You actually see that... um, Along these large, heavy tankers, there are, like, they seem to be, like, pipes that are funneling them to different stages and stuff. And off to one side, you actually see that um, there is one smaller one that seems to distill the products into a series of vials. And there is a, um, basically like a trolley, on top of which is a box, and inside the box are a number of, like, maybe enough space in this box, like, inserts where you could put up to 12 vials, and of that, uh, nine of these vials have been filled. The other three spots are empty. Right. There's nobody here, right? Like, this is just, Um, we came across this, right? Or is there somebody here? Rolling a perception check. Okay. So, 2d10 and your perception score. Uh, that's... Wait, no, 11. 20. Not a natural 20. Okay. Uh, you listen for anybody who still might be in here. And you uh, hear, like, basically some panicked breathing. And going between one of the drums, uh, you actually see that there are a number of people dressed up in, like, almost full hazmat-type stuff with gas masks and everything and, you know, uh, rubber gloves on and stuff. And... Uh, when they see you, they immediately throw their hands up into the air above their heads. So you must be the chemist. They are looking at you with panicked expressions, but they are deliberately not saying it. You know how to neutralize this stuff? Um, they, uh, roll me a diplomacy check. Ooh, uh, five plus eight is thirteen? Um, yeah. Uh, they kind of just, they are deliberately clamming up, and one of them is just, like, glancing at the others as if, you know, wondering if any of them are going to say anything. Uh, we'll step in. Look, you don't have a job here anymore. Uh, your employers, you don't need to be loyal to them. It's not going to win you any brownie points in court, because that is uh, where this is going to end up. Okay, um, tell you what, I will say that this counts as an aid action, Jonathan, so, uh, Harry, you can, uh, roll again if you'd like, and, okay. uh, yeah, take the better of the two results. Um, does a 16 beat it? I will say at this, one of them, we do have a, uh, we do have a shut-off safety measure, sort of, if, uh, some of the products were to go bad, um, and one of them's just glancing over at this guy, just you know, like, visibly wondering, dude, what the fuck are you doing? But the guy's continuing. If, um, if you let me stand up, I can show you. Adam is gonna cut him off. Can you do it alone? Yeah. All right. What about the product that's already finished? Is there a way to, um, neutralize it? Um, 
I mean, I'm not sure exactly. We just have a couple things here for uh, some of the more volatile ingredients, sort of like a... Basically, we've been able to manufacture sort of a base to neutralize the uh, really dangerous stuff. Would Zeronium do it? I mean, uh, theoretically, yes. Uh, all right. So there's still the stuff. So there's the vials that have been filled, and then the rest of this is just to create more of it, correct? Yeah. Any indication that there's more of this stuff hanging around? Mm, you can. You guys can roll me an investigation check to look around the place and see what else you can find. I'm gonna actually just ask the guy. Like, I'm gonna point to the uh, the crate that's like partially filled. Is there any more of that? Uh, that that's everything that we've made so far. The uh, the boss has uh, asked us to make. Hmm. All right, and now I'm gonna uh, roll an empathy check. Just a sec. Uh, the boss got us to make as much as we could, and then, uh, well, I mean, I'm guessing you saw what his uh, men were able to do, so they've drunk it all. <sighs> Bugger. Right. Uh, so I'm still gonna roll that empathy check just to make sure. Uh, there's while out of me. Blackmore's doing this, Adam's gonna walk around and handcuff the other workers, but leave the talkative guy alone. Yeah. Uh, empathy is 20. Okay, um, he seems to be a bit out of his element. He seems like the sort of guy who got into this job, uh, to make money as opposed to anything else, not because he was hardened for a life of crime, and that he's realizing that he's in over edit. So he's probably not lying. Um, you also see that he's looking past you at the, uh, myths. Uh, who are glaring daggers at him right now. And he's, you know, it's kind of like uh, the expression, like his expression is one of, uh, you know, basically a former captor who's, uh, you know, his whose prisoners have gotten loose. Right. You know, it makes sense. This is a professional organization. It makes sense that it, they would have everything compartmentalized. Don't tell people more than they need to know. You get up. <laughs> and yeah, uh, he just slowly gets to his feet. All right, well, we'll direct him to the shutoff valve. Uh, in the meantime, Blackmore is going to go over to the, like, filled, um, the, the filled vials. And he's basically just going to, like, pour all of them into some sort of, like, solid container. I'm assuming, like, a flask nearby. Mm. And then he's going to take the vial of, like, concentrated zeronium dust that he has and just pop it open and then pour it in and then mix the whole thing together. Okay. Um, so yeah, you explodes just... and we all die. <laughs> so Look, Blackmore's take... never said he was a smart man. Mm. You uncork the vial, uh, and you pour it into this flask, and it just fills up. And then, yeah, you put the vial aside, uh, with care, just in case, and then you do this one by one for all the vials. Once the flask is filled up, and it feels like it is thrumming in your hand, like almost like there's some sort of electricity in it, kind of. You take the vial of seronium and you pour it in, and you just hear this sound like a <sighs> like an exhaustion of energy as suddenly all of the energy that was in the vial goes completely inert. Yeah, and uh, it's not really a joke that anyone here would get, but like Blackmore's doing this completely disregarding lab safety. No eyeglasses. He's holding the vial in his hand while he's doing it. Um, yeah, as you're doing this, like, the chemist that Jonathan asked to stand up is basically, um, maybe you could, uh, oh, oh, okay, so you've already, uh, emptied that one. Maybe be a bit more careful with the, oh, no, okay, okay. And then you have the Zeronian, no, 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 And then you pour it in and he's just, like, uh, after it a few moments. for an explosion, basically. Yes, and then he's realizing that nothing happened and everyone still has all of their limbs attached. Right. Shut it down. Okay, and with that, uh, yeah, a, yeah, although he's still not out of the woods yet, he's much more relieved than he was a moment ago, uh, yeah, he basically goes over to one of the valves and begins, like, uh, you know, um, cranking some, uh, valves and flipping some stuff. And as machinery, uh, begins to power down a bit, you guys also notice that, um, the, almost the butcher's table that I mentioned, like, this enormous slab, it leads, like... There is a visible blood trail that leads over to yet another enormous elevator on the other side of the room. And, like, the sort of freight elevator to lift uh, heavy objects and stuff. And near that is, like, sort of like an enormous dolly, but it is um, c 
covered in loose chains that seem to be bolted onto it. Based uh, on the map that um, Spring Meadow made for us, like the very rough map, yeah. uh, does this sort of correspond to the prisoners' quarters? You're, yeah. Um, basically, this elevator leads down into, like, all of the building that you've seen so far seems to be, like, kind of officially made. Like, this was the basement that was there for a long, long time. But if you were to go down further, that is an area that has been hollowed out by magic, and that is where they are keeping all of the nets. Right. All right, um, well, Quincy's going to be on that elevator waiting because he, yeah. he wants to go down. Uh, right. Well, make sure the, the chemist shuts down the um, the various, you know, shuts down the operation. and Can then we just I'll... handcuff them to something? Hmm. Yeah, essentially. All right, yep. Yeah. Just handcuff them to a pipe and then... And then... The, a row of a row of chemists handcuff all handcuffed to a pipe like birds. Yeah, I'll just... that's it. We we said we brought a bunch of zip ties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so yeah, we'll we'll tie them off to something, and uh, yeah, I guess we will proceed further in. The Spring Meadow rejoined with us uh, at this point. Yeah. Basically, um, she yeah. After uh, a little bit, when you were talking to the guy, these guys, she came back in and. Um, waiting for you to finish, uh, she then hands you back your radio block. Alright. I'll clip it back onto my thing, and yeah, we'll, uh, Thank get you. on the elevator and keep heading down. Sure. Um, <laughs> and, uh, she said, I'm glad Jack's doing alright. Yes. Best not to go into this sort of thing with regrets now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then, well, I'll get on the freight elevator and then hit the button to go down. Okay. It begins, uh, yeah, grinding into motion, and slowly but surely, it begins descending down. Down. We're gonna be coming. Down. Yep. And as you go down, like, it is, uh, very clear, like, it, this is a part of the building that is in heavy disuse. When you get down to the bottom, like, the lights are flickering, basically, and you see that there is a rough stone door ahead. Like, that has been carved into the official part of the building. Like, it looks very much uh, jury-rigged together by magic. And you basically, you are in a small room, and there is just a door on the other side. Okay, I'm assuming it's probably too thick for us to hear anything beyond it. Um, I will say that uh, Quincy... Roll yep. me a perception check. Uh, 18. Okay, so Quincy, you sense a ton of movement on the other side of this door. Like, it feels like the room ahead is basically built almost um prison style with one gigantic hallway and a number of cells on either side on multiple floors each of the cells being of varying sizes and stuff, with the largest ones being on the bottom floor and getting smaller towards the top. But amid all of the frantic bits of movement from all uh, cells, basically, you can sense uh, several shapes moving about up ahead. Uh, one very large... Do you feel ve- like they're pointed towards, like... had. To- when the with the elevator, does it feel like they are pointed towards it, like they're waiting for something to come out, or they're just yes. moving around? Okay. It feels like they have sti- They were they were moving about, but they have stilled. One of them is enormous. Uh, the other one is bigger than a human, very big, but still not gargantuan like the other one. And the last one is surprisingly small. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm going to hand, uh, so, so Quincy reaches over, so just to double check, everyone's in the elevator now, right? Yes. So I'm going to hand, uh, Blackmore a, uh, stun grenade. Okay. Um. He was about to ask where you got that from, but then he's just like, this is the thing that happens with Quincy. But we went to the, we went to the armory and we picked this stuff up. Oh, right. Yeah, like Quincy just has stuff, you know. Sugar cubes, cookies, stun grenades. Yeah. It's what so, it does. Um, and then he's going to ha- ha- essentially ha- have his hand on his and then, uh, like, essentially have his hand in, like, a like with three fingers out to count, to do the countdown silently. And then. Okay. Blackmore will sidle up to the door and get ready to breach. Yeah. So we're both in, in breach and clear position. So backs to the, to the, to the wall on the side of the. Wait, what kind of elevator is this? Is. is 
the one side gonna open there's no cover on the on either side um sorry could you i was just uh checking something could you repeat it's that just question? like a regular elevator right so the door's gonna open it's gonna be an open plane essentially right um yeah basically uh the elevator just op it's a simple elevator that opens up into this okay so one of so we could probably fit a cut well, two sorry two or the elevators uh, come down to the bottom, and we're yes. in front of the stone door, right? Yes, exactly. Okay, so, Quincy, what you're sensing is on the other side of the stone door. Yes. Okay, so... So we can do this regular breach and clear style. Okay, so then, yeah, we're going to sit on other, other each side of the door, and then Quincy's going to do three... Okay, it, it, Quincy's going to look over at anyone to see if anyone wants to do anything. Um, Yeah, Adam's going to get in a defensive position, like, brace himself, because he's still pretty badly hurt from the previous fight. He's, he's going to be playing it safe. Okay. Right, then so. we're then we're going to hit the... Then we're going to, like... Quincy's going to count down on his hand. Three, two, one. Pull the pin. And then we're both going to kick... Presumably, if Blackmore is okay at this, we'll kick open the doors and throw the grenades in. Yeah, uh, that's pretty standard breach and clear. Okay. Okay. So I will say that because... Oh, both... hold on. I check first to see if the door will actually move. Like, you... just give it a little tug. Um, okay, so you put your hand on the door, and it does seem to open inwards. Well, Alright, that makes Quincy, this easier. Quincy has super strength, so it, he'll just kick the middle of the door. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Alright, yeah, so Quincy kicks the door, uh, so Quincy kicks the door, Blackmore throws the uh, stun grenade in, and then just basically motions for everyone to not look down that hallway. Okay, so... I think I everyone will... can tell, considering we're both holding stun grenades. <laughs> yeah. So I will say that um, in a burst of motion, the door is kicked inwards, flying open. You immediately hear um, roars and screeches on the other side that fill the air. But without even looking, you just throw the grenade in and everybody closes their eyes simultaneously as there are a few seconds as basically something enormous is charging towards you. Then there is a... Un, basically an explosion and a flash of light and a roar well, from it's, the it's, other it's, side. It's sound and light. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, so um, yeah. I will roll fortitude checks. For yeah, I don't know oh. if that's not a stun grenade. Is Blackmore able to do something as a follow-up once the grenade goes off? Um, I will say that we are going into combat after the grenade yeah. goes off. Okay, fair. Okay, so I will say that... All right. Okay. So as soon as the ringing subsides from your ears, because you know you had uh, you had your hands over your ears, and all of you open your eyes, or in the case of Tony, I, uh, you do see what is on the other side. So it is the enormous hallway, as I mentioned. But halfway down this entire massive corridor is a wall of ice that goes from floor to ceiling and is visibly like chilling with uh you know cold steam ebbing off of it and between that icy wall and you are three myths the most massive one is a multi-headed beast that all of you know as a chimera with the massive head of a lion the uh as well as on its shoulder, almost halfway down its body, is the bleeding head of a goat. And rising up over both of these is, as a tail, a an enormous venomous snake with a pair of bat wings on its lionine back as well. Uh, all three of the heads are uh, have their eyes shut and basically thrashing about, roaring wildly, as uh, directly to the chimera's left and your right, is a troll who brings its hands down from its eyes and just glares at all of you. And to your left and the chimera's right on its other side is a small little raccoon person that you know as a tanuki, which is a Japanese shape-shifting spirit. And it just, um, yeah, it also is pawing at its eyes frantically, but still like growling in the pit of its throat as uh, it knows that all of you are there. So this is where we are going to roll for initiative. All right. Oh, yes, initiative. <laughs> so did the Chimera have to roll three times the Fortitude checks because it had three sets of eyes and three sets of ears? It's just, uh, ha no, it's just it have a big penalty. <laughs> <laughs> it rolled once and I applied the uh, 
Yeah, penalty to all three of it. Ah, dang. Uh, okay. I just dropped mine okay. in the chat there. Thank you. So you got a 14. Joey, you got a 15. Oh, uh, doing that. Harry, you got a 16. And Tony got 11. Okay. Now I'm going to roll for the others and see what happens. <laughs> All right. Sophie <laughs> got a 14. Boris got a 9. Ring Meadow got only a 5, unfortunately. And for the others... Okay. So apropos of nothing, I wanted to just remind myself of, uh, like, you know, that I just wanted to look up Tanuki to see if it's things. But the thing uh, is, yeah. Tanuki is both the name of, like, the myth, but uh -huh. also just the raccoon dog. So yep. I kind of would find it really funny if it's like we just accidentally flashbanged, like, a legitimate Tanuki and it's just this raccoon dog that's there. Hmm. Uh, yeah, no, this is a legitimate anthropomorphic little chubby raccoon dude. But, uh, yeah, and now we're gonna go into combat with the Chimera starting it all off. Basically, um, it is lashing about, uh, roaring as its, its wide-open, uh, lion mouth is beginning to visibly glow on the inside, and as it's throwing its head about... It looks as though it is going to breathe fire in every direction possible and hope that it hits. So, um, I am going to ask everybody here to make a reflex check with advantage. So you roll twice and take the better of the two. Yep. 11, 13. 15, and 16. 16. 18 for me. Uh, 19. Oh, fancy lad over here. Okay. And... Well, I mean, technically, I am behind cover. The door. Mm -hmm. 27. <laughs> Whoa! Oh my God. Tony! <laughs> Tony just pulls off like a backflip, and it's like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know? Sow cow over here. I was on the Mifftown Moogles, the intramural basketball team. I was there oh. in the center. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, with a guy Tony's size, of course you'd want him on a basketball team. Um... Okay, so, sorry, aside from Tony's ridiculous reflex save, uh, what did everybody else get? 18. 19. Uh, 15. I think. Okay, um, everybody except for Quincy, I'm just gonna make a roll here on my end. Is this an attack roll? It, uh, it is a damage roll. So, oh, okay. for everybody except for Quincy, uh, you duck out of the way and begin, uh, rolling as... Flame washes over all of you. And, uh, yeah, you feel searing heat scorch the doorway where you were just a moment ago as you run into the room, basically avoiding the breath of fire, but you are still visibly singed. Um, everybody, uh, let's see here. So, Franklin, you take, after your armor, like, your armor is 12, so you actually take no damage from this. Uh, same for you, Tony. Uh, Quincy, because you... Fire. Sorry? I take half damage from fire anyway. Yep, exactly. Quincy, unfortunately, you do take full damage from this, minus your armor. You take 18 points of damage. Jesus! And Adam, you take... Let's see. Half damage Ooh. from this. Uh, you take... Yeah, you didn't have very high hit points. You take 10 points of damage. Oh, so, ouch. Yeah, you are now in negative hit points. Yep. And as for the others, I'm going to... Let's see. Okay. And yeah, so basically everybody else is relatively okay, but now it is going to go back to you. And Franklin, it is your turn. Okay, well, regardless of the Chimera being, like, alright, so Blackmore is going to um, run up and sort of get in the middle of all of these things. Yeah. And then he is going to fire off the uh, area of effect spray. Basically just run up and, like, put out a cloud of uh, anti-myth juice. Sure, okay. I will say that you are, uh, there, you are able to position yourself in a way that the cloud will not affect your ally. Yes, okay. So yeah, I run forward and basically shoot out a uh, cloud of the anti-myth stuff. Okay, so, uh, yeah. All right, so if I could ask you to roll me uh, 2d10 and add 7 to the result, please. Okay, uh, that is a 19 altogether. Okay, um, 
on my end, I rolled a 23. So, um, you, yeah, basically let out this cloud of, um, Zeronium Lace Spray that completely engulfs everybody nearby. Um, you can hear the myths immediately begin to cough in the cloud, and but you do see the red collars around their necks. Although visibly throbbing with energy, it doesn't look like they are going to uh, disappear just yet. Because the cloud lingers, so you do still have next round, where we will roll again. Okay. And then, after that, it is going to go to Quincy's turn. Okay, well, I'm definitely not going to go out there, because anything here can one-shot me. Hmm. Um... Um, can I give, um, Jonathan, like, first aid? Yes. Do you have the first aid skill? Yes. Okay. Uh, roll me, uh, 2d10 and add your first aid skill. Uh, uh, 17. Okay. Um, yeah, Adam is, like, he is still burning as he hit the ground, but you immediately, like quickly begin rolling him over Quincy and patting out the flames, and in seconds, like, he is no longer burning. Definitely still visibly singed and stuff. Uh, yeah, he's gonna need some medical attention after this, but he is... Yeah. So, so, uh, so, did, he, so what did I do, then? Basically, you stabilized him. He does not need to make death saving. Oh, okay. Thanks, bud. Uh-huh. But he is still at zero hit points, and... Okay. I I'm, gonna, say... I'm gonna move him out of view so they can't see him. Because, yeah, okay. Like we established, there is, like, we're at a door, right? Which means as some sort of frame, which means there's some sort of corner. So yeah. I move his body out of the way so you can no longer see him if you're in the other room. Okay. And uh, then it is going to go to Sophie, who is going to immediately leap into the fray and begin taking on the chimera itself. So let's see here. All right. And Okay. So that is going to be... Okay, I'm just doing some math in my head. Okay. Uh, yeah, so basically, uh, there is a blur of motion, and suddenly she is on the thing's back, immediately, like, grabbing the, uh, yeah, snake, and she is just... has the snake tail in both hands and is just wringing it as hard as she possibly can, the snake's eyes nearly bulging from its head, as she basically uh, opens up its mouth and begins stabbing into the back of the chimera with its own reptilian fang over and over again. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Pretty much, yeah. And then it is going to go to Adam's turn. So, Adam, you are barely uh, conscious at this point. You are, uh, I'm going to say that... Because of the stabilization, you are conscious enough that you can make, like, small actions and stuff like that. For example, mm -hmm. maybe switching around your powers if you want. One of your things, as a somebody with a vampiric pact, you can regain health by drinking blood. Yeah, I was looking at that. I'm not going to Give use me your that. neck! Yeah, yeah, I mean, he would, the only person he could bite would be me, so... That These wouldn't are... really help. That would just take out one of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh... And I, I wouldn't do it on myths, even if I could, because they're like un, unwitting prisoners, basically. That's mm. uh, not cool. But I do have a feat, uh, hide in plain sight, so I can just do stealth, even if I'm being observed. Um, so I can just like kind of make myself disappear for a little bit. Okay. <laughs> do vampires not have like regeneration or anything? Not they, without uh, blood, I'm assuming. Yeah, you need a supply of blood for this to work. Mm -hmm. Should have brought some. Didn't think about blood. it. Blood. Mm. Wait, uh, didn't you say there was a line of blood all the way down from the thing? No. Nope. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to just, just lick the floor? Lick the floor. <laughs> uh, yeah. Joey, if he wants to lick the random blood stains on the floor and hope to get a hit point out of it, it is Jonathan's call. Absolutely not. Uh, Adam okay. believes in the five-second rule very firmly. Uh-huh. Um, that blood okay. could be fresh. <laughs> so, Wait, it could, could, okay, it could so, never be fresh so, enough if it's on so the floor. I, so, so I have a question here: Is that Yathan's character is essentially at zero hit points? Yes. So if he went to one hit point, would he be fully functional again? He would be able to participate in combat again. Yes. Okay. Well, then, how, can you can you choose the amount of hit points you recover by siphoning life? Because you could just take one of my hit points. Then, right? I'm going to I'm going to say yes. I mean, uh, if. 
if you tell Quincy that you just need a little bit of blood, he might give it to you, so... Ah, uh, that... that is absolutely insane. Um... <sighs> hmm... Look, we're literally fighting a Chimera, and none of us are Bellariform. This is already kind of nuts. Well, Qu Quincy's already <laughs> bleeding, by the way, so... like. Oh, that's true. Like, yeah, you he, know what? I'm very injured as well, so like... Just <laughs> like a lamprey eel, Lavender yeah. slashes on to his prey. Oh, you're not going to use that, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're getting it all over the floor, so you don't want it, right? <laughs> uh, it's such, such a waste. Look Aww. at all this excess blood you've got. I could take some of that blood. All right, all right. Normally, absolutely not. But this is a, a an emergency, so sure. We'll do that. Gross. Okay, so um, I'm going to need you two to roleplay this. Yeah, so Quincy just kind of like... Uh, First, he puts the fire out on you, and then he begins, like... <clears throat> uh, I can't, he can't really do a lot with burns, like, in the field. So I, he, I guess he just kind of, like, uh, has you, like, on the ground... Uh, like, like in the recovery uh, position? In, yeah. yeah, essentially so, like... in, in the recovery position. And then just, like, elevates your head, like, pulls off his jacket, which was also on fire, puts it out, and then puts it under your head. Yeah, Adam will kind of just, like, try to sit up a little bit. And then he'll, like... Yeah, Quinty, Quinty will help you up a bit. Yeah, and he'll notice that, like, you have a line of blood dripping down your arm, and his eyes widen and his pupils dilate a little bit, almost subconsciously. Uh-huh. Like, like, he doesn't notice it's happening. You um, are... A, it is like being in a desert for three weeks straight and seeing uh, that somebody has a canteen full of water. Yeah. Uh, and he's gonna, like, look up and... <laughs> Uh, uh, this is kind of awkward. Uh, normally, I would never ask someone to do this, but I, I think I'm uh, in a pretty bad state. I got, I got, a, I got a seven, uh, an eighteen on my in, on my uh, sense motive. <laughs> so can I, can I just, uh, can I just kind of guess what he wants here? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. You think you have it? I mean, of all the things he could ask you for, I mean, uh, there are things more awkward than this. Quincy right. reaches into his pocket, pulls out a plastic spoon he took from the cafeteria, just scoops some of the blood into the spoon. No. <laughs> no so Quincy's gonna turn the reach his arm out and just say, uh, just leave a bit for me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I've never done this before. Oh, God. <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, from up on the chimera's back, you hear Sophie shouting, It's okay! It's always awkward the first time! <laughs> All right, that is, yeah. Okay, Adam will take 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 a sip, bud. Okay. <laughs> um, Getting that yeah. blood, yeah! You feel just the barest hint of strength creep back into you. Uh, your limbs no longer feel unresponsive or sluggish. You, yeah, feel some semblance of vitality creep into you, even if only a little bit. So, Quincy, you lose one hit point, and Adam, you gain one. Woof, cracking open a boy with the cold ones. <laughs> you know, God, I'm just realizing that since, like, stimulants actually work on vampires, like, there is probably someone in a monster boardroom meeting right now be like, all right, how do we mix monster and blood? Mm. <laughs> oh, that's uh, easy. You just get cursed. some trap boys to drink a ton of monster first and then have them give blood donations. Or, like, make it into a blood sausage or something. I, I don't know which mm. one of those is actually worse. Um, okay, so does that take my whole turn, or...? I will say that it would take your... Either your standard action or your movement action to do this. Okay, um, so I'm gonna take the other half of my turn to still hide in plain sight. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna put myself super out there, because uh, this might all... Like, the, the collars might go off next turn. Uh. Um, I'm just gonna take it easy and prep. Uh, so I'll just roll a stealth. Sure. Um, and, uh, got quite a few points in stealth, uh, so that's a, a, uh, a 29. Okay, um, yeah, you take advantage of the chaos of the fight to, um, use your vampire. In my ability. embarrassment. You ever felt like you just <laughs> wanted to melt into the floor? <laughs> hey, yeah. Quincy, look over there! Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, you quickly disappear from sight using your vampiric speed, and... You actually see one of the open cells where presumably the chimera was, and you uh, quickly uh, run inside the smell of um, loose hay and uh, other, you know, various uh, 
very unpleasant smells of what chimeras do when they're in cages, uh, you know, filling your nostrils. But you do, have an, you do have an eye on combat, and it looks like nobody has taken attention of you yet. Perfect. And then it's going to go to Tony's turn. All right. Um, yeah, I guess Tony's just going to hit the chimera with his hammer. Okay. Uh, so, Tony. <laughs> Lum lumbering through the fire, like, all right. Well, actually, definitely Bonk. moving through the fly oh, yeah. fire. Do doing a fucking tactical roll through the fire. <laughs> <laughs> He's running on walls and doing flips and shit. Like, it's amazing. So, Tony, um, yeah, you charge forward. Um, basically, uh, you would go into the cloud, just so you know, if you were to engage the chimera. I take half damage from fire. And I, have, I am one of the most armored person. Oh, yeah, armored. sorry. I mean, uh, not from the fire breath of this thing. It's It wasn't a cloud. It was just an area attack. I mean the cloud that Franklin put down involving uh, the Zeronians. Um, uh, well, what, yeah. what on you would get nullified? Uh, Charm, probably. Uh, his goggles, probably. Or his goggle, I should say. Because the goggles, they... they will do nothing. Because <laughs> the hammer is an object, right? So uh, yeah. Well, yes. the hammer itself is anti-magic, so, you know, yeah. like, it doesn't matter. Uh-huh. Haha, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> you fool! You entered the anti-magic! Now your hammer isn't as hev- Kong! Uh, actually, based on the restrictions on the nullify, it actually doesn't nullify uh, magical devices. Oh! Well, then. It, yeah, the, the, the specificity, uh, I didn't write it in, but it's... Uh, specifically, myth ability. Uh, hmm. So do you? So do you have um, a, in a high enough concentration to to affect magical like devices? <laughs> so all my equipment's fine. The so my my base powers. I would lose my immunity to fire. Gotcha. Okay. That's it. That's. I mean, that it. seems pretty useful, though. Yeah, especially considering how much or damage that did to fire. But can, uh, I mean, can you throw something at him instead? Do you have ranged attack? Um, I have, I, I could set down the forge and start and do bellows next turn, but like, I don't think that we want to put giant flaming clouds into this, uh, yeah, enclosed space with all these innocent people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I'm just going to run in and I will, if I take fire damage, I take fire damage. You know? mm. Yep. Well, he, I think it's the Zeronium gas. Okay. Never, oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I get, I get what you mean. Yeah. 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 So, um, is a 17 a hit? Uh, yeah, that's a hit. Roll me some damage, please. Cool. Um, does the Chimera have any active, uh, myth abilities that can be dispelled? Um, I'm gonna say, n uh, no. It is a Chimera. It just, it is... It doesn't have, like, like, a magical a shield. It just has, like, innate being a big thing that can breathe fire. It has one power. That is being a Chimera. Okay, then... You hit um... it with the hammer and it turns into three distinct animals. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, our fusion! <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a chimera, it's just a lion, a goat, and a snake in a trench coat. <laughs> okay, great, great. Okay, just just give us a minute. We gotta... Con guys, come on! No, you gotta make sure the fingers touch correctly or else we can't fuse. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna become fat chimera. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, the line, we have, you have no idea how hard it is to make the fingers connect with these two, and the ho the goat holds up his hooves, and the snake holds up nothing. <laughs> yeah, so that's gonna be 12 damage. Okay, great. So, uh, yeah, you basically run up to this thing as it's rampaging, and you just bring up your hammer and clock the thing, uh, in the side of its jaw, basically. And yeah, basically one of its uh, fangs goes flying out and skids across the ground. And it just uh, turns back to you and lets out a roar in sheer uh, rage and defiance again. And then after that, Tony, uh, it is going to be the troll's turn. So it is going to run up to you, Franklin, and it is going to make an attack against you. Okay. Uh, okay. And yeah, so... You turn, and there is this enormous, uh, basically, like, eight-foot-tall, lumpy green man with serrated teeth and this enormous warty nose, rearing back for a full-on haymaker. And, yeah, uh, so he punches you across the face, Franklin, and although your armor takes most of it, you still feel some of the damage. You take four hit points, bringing you down to 26 total. All right. And... <laughs> 
Yeah, after that, then it is going to go to um, Boris, who is also going to engage the troll. So, uh, yeah. Um, he uh, races forward like just this blur of movement, and suddenly the troll is impacted from the side as he basically takes like a series of uh, punches directly to his midsection that basically just flicker at a speed so fast it's barely possible for the eye to follow. And yeah, so he's able to take some damage from that. Then it's going to be uh, the Tanaki's turn. So, Tony, you hear movement from off to your left, and the Tanaki is running towards you, uh, just basically this tiny little raccoon guy, and you figure, okay, you fought a Tanaki before, but then just before it reaches you, it uh, twists and morphs and shapeshifts into a, a gigantic rhinoceros that um, is now stampeding at you at full speed. And I'm going to roll for the attack roll. Ah, uh, well... Wait, is it Tony in the gas? Uh, yes, he is in the gas. Is the transformation a, an ability that can be nullified? Um, yes. He So, it is going to try to make the transformation, but I'm going to roll to see what its power check is. Okay. It is able to maintain the transformation, although visibly flickering like it is basically, uh, yeah. Okay. So It just, it just closed its nose and mouth. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So yeah, the, you um, yeah bring your other hand around Tony and you grab the rhinoceros by the horn, but it is still charging forward like you are digging in your heels to resist its charge and the horn is slowly but surely beginning to penetrate into your uh, torso and despite your armor, you take three points of damage from that. Just, just find a way to turn, convince it to turn itself into a bullet and then you're fine. Uh-huh. And then, after that, it's going to be Spring Meadow as the last combatant. So, uh, yeah, she is going to roll to try and restrain the Chimera. Uh, but she is then going to roll for her power to resist the effect of the cloud. That is going to be a success, so she's able to use her vines. And it failed its reflex save. So, basically, vines suddenly begin constricting the Chimera, just lashing around it... Um, forming a muzzle of vines around his mouth, just forcing all three of its jaws shut as she's basically trying to hold this massive thing in place. And yeah, basically it is restrained. And at the end of the round, all of you suddenly uh, feel this sensation from the other side of the ice wall. Like there is this glowing of white light suddenly that seems to pulse from the other side. But then like, uh, it is like it dies down for a moment and is replaced by red before that dies down and suddenly more white light comes in as well. I don't like this. Uh-huh. And then it is going to go back to the top and the Chimerist. So, all right. It is going to try to roll to break free of the restraints and succeeds in doing so. Uh, so as it uh, just begins bucking and thrashing wildly, Sophie it actually leaps off of its back and uh, lands on in a crouch on the ground as the Chimera snaps all of the vines restraining it and basically rips free, getting ready to deal more damage the next round. So, Franklin, it then goes to you. Okay, um, the cloud has dissipated at this point, right? Or is it still around? Um, I will say that because it's your turn now, Franklin, uh, it is time for the next series of rules for all of these things. Okay. So roll me a power check, and I'm going to do the same. <laughs> that was a natural 20, so 27. Okay, excellent. So what happens is, uh, Tony, you feel the struggles of the Tanaki underneath you uh, suddenly sort of like slow as the horn recedes from your hands. And uh, suddenly, yeah, there is, like, there is a Tanaki on all fours as suddenly the collar around his neck shatters. Franklin, directly to your right, the... Uh, color on the troll's neck intensifies before shattering as well, and the troll just is blinking and coughing uh, as he's taking in the smoke. And the Chimera also uh, tr uh, basically three collars around all three of its necks all shatter, and it suddenly stills for a moment before uh, suddenly screeching even louder than ever before as it all, yeah, basically it just seems to go into even more of a frenzy than before. Yeah, Chimera's gonna Chimera. All right. Uh -huh. um, so with that, seeing that the um, the Chimera, seeing that now all of them are free of Imperious Rex's touch, 
Yeah. Uh, I'm going to attempt to use Wraith Touch on the Chimera. Okay, go right ahead, please. Uh, aren't you in the cloud? Uh, yes, but Wraith Touch is an instantaneous attack, not, uh, whatchamacallit. Not a duration effect. Yes. Okay. This is not my intangibility, this is an attack. Go ahead, please. Uh, okay. Does a 15 hit? Uh, yeah, 15 does hit. All right. Uh, what's the amount of damage for a, uh, a rank 7 attack? Uh, that would be 5d6. 5d6. Okay. It takes 12, 15. Takes 17 damage. Okay. And uh, it needs to make a fortitude saving roll, DC 17. Okay, let's see here. Okay, it failed its uh, fortitude saving throw. By how much? Uh, by a lot. 10 or more? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is rendered unconscious. <laughs> okay, then. So Blackmore just kind of like sees the colors go and says, okay. And he just thrusts his hand into the chimera yeah. and immediately just goes, go to sleep. Go to sleep. It's okay, big boy. Yeah, the, did well. I, the eyelids of the lion begin flickering rapidly as its eyes begin to roll back in its head, and the goat uh, lets out a strangled cry as well before it slumps downward, and suddenly the chimera's legs give out, and the last thing to fall is the snake head that just kind of whiplashes motionlessly against the ground. Okay, that's it. Nice and easy now. Yeah. And okay. very gingerly pulls his hand out of the chimera. Uh... Looks at the troll, looks at the troll and the Tanuki and says, Inspector Franklin Blackmore, Mythos Unit, you've just been under the effects of mind control. Hopefully you have your bearings together. Yeah, uh, the the Tanuki is clutching at its head uh, and the troll's kind of blinking around uh, like just very uh, sort of disoriented and confused, which is when you begin to hear more movement, uh, Franklin, from some of the nearby cells. Uh, looking over, you can see like... Basically, it is like, um, you realize that the bars are made of ice that are caked in dust, and they are slowly beginning to melt as uh, shapes inside two nearby cells are beginning to, like, ready themselves to enter into the conflict very, very soon. Do we know what they look like? Or can um, I see them? One of them, it, um, I will say that one of them is a hunched over, extremely skinny shape, but as its, uh, like, its hands begin sticking through the bars, shaking them as they begin to melt, and they are the long, serrated claws of a ghoul that you recognize. <sighs> While the other shape in one of the other cells is completely motionless, uh, almost, but it slowly begins to get into a crouch as if getting ready to sprint forward. Okay, uh, I'm gonna turn to the troll, uh, and I say, look, we don't have a lot of time, I have a few men injured. Are you willing to make a few packs and to get them back on their feet? I know you have the ability of regeneration. Yes? Um, roll me, uh, diplomacy? Uh, that is, well, actually, uh, give me a second, diplomacy. What does a 10 give, or no, sorry, a 12 give me? Um, yeah, the troll is looking very disoriented, but as, uh, yeah, basically as more screeches are coming from the surrounding cells and stuff, and he's looking around wildly, he's just, uh, oh, this is out of my pay grade! I'm getting out of here! And so with that, uh, he looks as though he's going to start running for the elevator. <sighs> well, it was worth a shot. Okay. Um, uh, hmm. So I can't see what the other uh, shape is, yes? I just see that it's, like, crouched and ready to start moving. Unless you have dark vision or something similar, then yes. I've got thermal vision. All right, do you have it active? Uh, yes, I do. All right, well, yes. It does seem to be a humanoid shape, and it is crouched low and reaching at its waist uh, with both hands as though something is sheathed there. Ah, we found Zatoichi. <laughs> or something, yes. Uh, you know what? I uh, uh, Tony has the goggle of night vision. He'll look in there. What, what is okay. Uh, you know what this is. You glance over, Tony, and you know exactly what this is. This is a Tengu. A Japanese demon, basically, that is considered to be a master of swordsmanship. It Yeah, basically, it has red skin, a long nose, far longer than any uh, human nose should be, 
It has a ragged sort of um, Japanese robe on and a pair of wooden sandals with a single clog on each foot. And basically, it seems to have a katana sheathed at its waist, and it is getting ready to strike. Man, one of these McCarthy's must have been quite the weird to go around collecting all these Japanese things. Hmm. <laughs> No video, don't understand. It's it played. It's folded over one thousand times. It's so good, you don't understand. It's, you can't do anything. Nippon <laughs> Ichi. <laughs> yeah, this is the Irish mob. Not this isn't the New York mob. Ah, uh, Nippon Ichi, there you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, anyhow. Uh, after your turn, Franklin, it's gonna go to Quincy again. Okay. Well, I'm definitely gonna keep stay away from the fucking samurai. Um. <laughs> uh, the, the bars haven't melted entirely yet, right? Like we've got some like a bit, like maybe around before they're fully out. Are, are uh, there? Gonna, they are going. Uh, yeah. It looks like you have a little bit of time, but barely any. Uh, are there any like cabinets or like shelves with like? materials on them because they've been collecting materials and stuff right from these things um it looks as though all of the stuff that they had collected was back up in uh the previous room with where they were making all of the drugs okay you do see um like there is sort of like uh yeah basically like a series of shelving units that seem to have different types of food on them and stuff it looks almost like a pet food of various types kind of and things like bales of hay and cuts of meat and stuff uh, is there any blood? I'm gonna say, uh, there- that you see a cooler nearby. Uh, I'm gonna go and open the cooler. Okay, uh, yeah, there are several different types of blood in there from the looks of things. Alright, Quincy's gonna grab it and slide the cooler to Jack Houston. Or, Lavender. Not Jack Houston, sorry, to, uh, uh. Yeah. To uh, Lavender, to Lavender yes, or to... the last place you saw Lavender before he disappeared. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna slide into the middle and say Lavender. Oh, yeah. Adam can smell what's inside the cooler uh, oh. as soon as you open it. <laughs> um, saliva is almost uncontrollably coming out out be from between your lips. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, all right. Well, and, Qu and Quincy, so... are you gonna do anything else with your turn? Uh. So, what what are in the other cells? Uh, it Tango looks like... A pool. Exactly. Hmm. Are those the only other cells in this area? Um, it looks like there are others, but all of the bars are up at the moment. Uh, I'm just gonna stay back, I think. Okay. Because there's I no, understand. like... Is there, like... Do they have, like, adrenaline shots or anything? Do they have, like, any uh... other medical equipment? Like, Quincy can't really heal himself with anything, but, like... If he, if someone else gets injured, Quincy can just like jab them with a trail and uh, get back in there. I will say that you look through. There isn't really anything like adrenaline. You think that <laughs> Any they mystical weren't... healing potions? <laughs> um, I will say actually that you find uh, roll me an investigation check. Sure. You find an, a vial full of an unknown liquid. What do you uh, do? Fifteen. Uh, you see a uh, sort of like about a pouch, maybe the size of your fist. That seems to be done up with a drawstring, and right. it says, "It says, use a yeah." It, there's a label on it. Use only on injuries if they are fatal. Cool. I'll pocket that. I'll, I'll look inside. What's in there? Um, it seems to be like a pouch filled with a uh, shimmering, almost golden dust. Cool. I will <laughs> keep that in my pocket. Okay. And so next is going to be Sophie's turn. So, uh, seeing. Sensing that stuff is going on, she's just looking around, and so, uh, uh, yeah. Where the fuck is that cunt? And she, it looks like she is looking around for Imperious Rex right now. Uh, but then the, uh, energy seems to thrum from the other side of the ice wall, and she just turns and so, oh, there you are! And so, yeah, basically she's gonna run for it and begin punching the ice wall repeatedly to try and take some chunks out of it, so. Okay. Um, question. Are all the other bars in this area, like, ice as well, and it's sort of, like, slowly melting? Or is it more a, like, these ones were iced over and the other ones are still, like, bars? Um, all of the bars seem to be ice, and it is only the bars on those two cells that seem to be melting. All the other ones are intact at the moment. Okay. <laughs> Someone find the heater and turn it off. Mm. <laughs> 
then, uh, okay, so basically she's gonna begin, uh, punching a hole into the ice wall, but it is slow going as the ice wall looks very thick indeed. And then, Adam, it is gonna be your turn. Okay, uh, Adam is going to closely examine these bags, um, because I don't know what kind of blood it is. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like from various different types of myths. Uh, some of them are human, though. Uh, yeah, it looks like from a variety of sorts. Uh, Adam will absolutely uh, drink only the human blood, and he will try to select a blood type which is the same as his own, even though I don't think that will make a difference. Okay, uh, they'll, you... they'll probably taste better. Yeah. All right, so you begin looking through, but it is hard to restrain yourself. Like, basically like a starving man, uh, basically trying to determine if, you know, uh, if a cheeseburger is, was made organically, you know what I mean? <laughs> so sure. uh, eventually you find one that you think works and you just tear into it and just begin guzzling it. And the taste of iron fills your mouth and it is the best thing ever as you just begin to swallow repeatedly. And soon enough, um, how many ranks do you have in your healing ability? Uh, let's see. It's the ability is called Vital Essence, and yes. uh, right a, now, yeah, uh, two, two ranks. Okay, so basically, you can heal. Uh, you can heal one d six, but I will say for your standard action, if you want to, you can rearrange points so that you can put a maximum of up to seven ranks into that if you wanted to. I see. Uh, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. I'll take those out of my puppeteer skill. I don't think we'll be using that. Okay, so now I'm going to ask you to roll 5d6 instead. Wonderful. Knock it open a Capri Sun! <laughs> yeah, but with no straw. Um, mm. Let's see, that's 12. Uh, 22. Pretty good roll. Okay, so you uh, immediately feel all of the burns on you begin to fade away, and all of your former injuries from the last fight uh, are knitting themselves shut again, and you are back up to full health. Oh, yeah. Boy, I am. That's great. Um, uh-huh. And then it's wow. going to go to Tony's turn. All right. Well, uh, Tony is going to go up to the ice wall and deploy the forge. Okay. Just drop the anvil on it. <laughs> and just to check, uh, does this take a full turn to do so? Uh, no. So the forge itself is only a uh, standard action. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you deploy the forge, and it immediately gets to work, filling the entire area around you with heat. And the and the ice in front of you visibly begins to shine as though becoming glossy, and water just begins dripping down and beginning to make a puddle at the wall. And do check, what else does, like, what does the forge do exactly? Just creates a high-intensity heat effect? Uh, yeah, so it uh, creates the extreme heat environmental condition. Mm. Uh, everywhere within uh, uh, ten feet of it. Gotcha. And then next turn, I can stoke it, and it be and it gains the fire damage aura effect. Ooh, fun! Which means uh, that the cells around the wall are also beginning to melt. Okay. It's so, uh, within uh, ten feet. Uh, okay. Okay. So the troll continues running for the elevators and jumps inside and is frantically hitting the button to go up and slowly but surely the elevator is beginning to rise up. And meanwhile, uh, Boris, seeing that the two combatants are coming in, is going to ready an action to engage the Tengu once the bars are fully melted. Meanwhile, the Taniki nearby is also going to basically try to get out of here, but he's going to basically go over to where the food's being kept and crouch behind uh, some sacks of food and just try to make himself as small a target as possible. Transforms what? into bag of flour. Um, yeah, actually, that's exactly what happens. And then the uh, bag of flour quickly grows uh, like a pair of cartoon eyes and peers around uh, the bags before going inert once again. The eyes stretch out and curl around the corner. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like a cartoon, though, so it's not nearly as creepy as it could have been. Yeah. So uh, then Spring Meadow is um, also going to ready an action to try and attack the ghoul once the ghoul is able to break free. And now uh, I'm going to roll for initiative for those two new combatants. Uh, okay. So uh, the ghoul goes in with a 14, and the Tango goes in with a whopping 21 for initiative. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a Tango. Yeah, um, immediately, uh, there is, like, a 
as the bars fully give way, there is a flicker of movement from the Tengu cell, and Boris vanishes as well, and suddenly all you can hear are a series of impacts before the two uh, basically are blown away from each other. Um, let's see. And... Yeah, um, Boris's uh, arms are covered in, like, a series of slash marks, and blood is freely ebbing down uh, towards his elbows, while the Tengu is, uh, yeah, is clutching at his side as he takes a few steps back, uh, drawing in a ragged breath of pain. So then, after the Tengu, it is going to go to Franklin's turn. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com. Or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listen to these nerds at gmail.com.